Uh, we're here uh, on this uh, online edition of Subversity. This is Dan Zhang. Uh, I'm here talking with the film director, Stefan Gauger. Uh, is that how you pronounce your name? Yeah, that's good. Thank that's you. Good. Thank you, Dan. Uh, and uh, he's here uh, with this new film uh, that's going to play uh, in this area and around the country, actually. Uh, Saigon Electric. Um, what did you tell us about the film? How did you get interested in making this film? Um, I wanted to uh, basically um, uh, do a film that kind of addressed uh, uh, maybe um, teen problems um, for young Vietnamese or in Vietnam. Uh, first and foremost, so I just basically wanted to do a teen drama. I, I didn't, I hadn't seen that as far as um, other Vietnamese films. Uh, I just hadn't seen teen films that were geared towards that that demographic. And um, I guess to uh, you know, make it a little bit more accessible to the mainstream. Um, we had to kind of give it a good backbone uh, with a nice, you know, three-act structure. And I thought that it would—it was very interesting that only in the last, you know, three to four years, uh, hip hop in Vietnam has become very popular. So um, uh, uh, I think that um, the youth culture in Vietnam are just behind catching up to. Um, some of the youth culture in other Asian countries like South Korea and Japan. So that's, you know, why I, I believe hip-hop has just become more of a, a recent trend in, in Vietnam. Uh, and then I noticed that there were just a lot of talented uh, dancers and, and crews, and, and, and just from that we started to shape together the, the story and the movie. So the people in the cast uh, that you cast for this movie, they're all uh, regular people, not not act, not professional actors. The cast is split between um, professional, young professionals, and uh, first-time actors. Uh, the all the um, the hip-hop dancers uh, are first-time actors because uh, you know in the casting process we decided to cast real dancers and not uh, actors and. and train them how to break dance in, in only a matter of a month or two that that wouldn't be possible uh so um these um these dancers in, in vietnam they've been training for at least uh, most of them like two to three years uh and on the flip side um we uh teamed them up with um with professional young actors um so my who plays the ribbon dancer is is a, a rising uh television actress so she's She's well known in the, in the TV world in Vietnam, and she uh, she had trained ribbons for a week prior to shooting. Yeah, that was an amazing scene in there of the of the ribbons, and uh, she was trying to qualify for Academy, right? Yes, that's her narrative thread, and it's it's a thread that uh, you know this film follows a lot of the, the formulas of other dance films. So she's the country girl that comes into Saigon to uh, try out for the dance academy and, and she fails uh, and then she subsequently uh, working at a restaurant meets uh, another girl who's the same age uh, her name is Kim and she's the polar opposite she is the street dancer who's uh, pretty tough uh, so you, you know you get a little bit of yin and yang in, in the film with the, the two main characters so did you write the story yourself? Yes, I wrote the screenplay, uh, I think, in a matter of uh, probably four months. Did you do it here or over there? No, I live in Orange County, so I, um, I do uh, most of my writing, um, you know, either at the public library or at Starbucks. And then uh, 
I, I do I do uh, ample research, and then what happens is when I go back to Vietnam to prep a, a film, I'll uh, dive a little bit deeper. So in, in this particular film, uh, we had done our ample research and, and had a, uh, a good working screenplay ready to shoot. Uh, and then when we went back to Vietnam, we had made a, a few changes here and there, uh, some, some tweaks to make it a little bit more authentic. Oh, what kind of research? When you say you do did research, what do you mean? Well, there are some things in the script uh, that apply to American culture, uh, American dance culture that doesn't really quite apply to uh, Asian uh, dance culture. So, uh, for instance, in the script, I think there was a scene uh, when they're dancing in front of the church for the public, and in my script, I had them uh, one person going around with a donation box for money. And the dance crew said, yeah, they don't do that in Vietnam. They just basically dance to show off. They dance for pride. So little things like that. And then also uh, we had a montage before the final battle uh, when the two crews are, are training. And I had, um, you know, a, a, a sequence with the South crew jogging along the river in slow motion. And they said, no, we, we don't jog along the river. We just uh, train in the center and that's it. And when we're ready, we're ready. So, you know, it's little things like that that, that, that I think, you know, uh, American uh, crews would have that, that Vietnamese crews wouldn't have. But in, in terms of the actual research, did you uh, talk to musicians here or dancers here uh, and over there f t before you did the script? Yeah, I basically, uh, we had one choreographer from Los Angeles um, and we, uh, I had talked about how I wanted to shoot the dance stuff. Um, as far as the true deep culture, um, we had basically, uh, you know, what, one, of, one of the things that I found out was that uh, shaping the, the, a film, uh, you want to set it up uh, to have uh, more of a traditional arc. So our hero crew from the South, they are underdogs, as you have in most sports films. Um, the Saigon kids are orphans, and um, they have a dream of... of, of winning a competition to be able to compete uh, overseas. Uh, but in actuality, in my research, um, most of the, uh, the dancers, uh, the, the kids who dance uh, within the cities, uh, they come from pretty privileged families. Uh, to be able to have the time to train and to be able to have the means to buy hip-hop clothing, which is not very cheap in, in Vietnam, because, you know, you're talking about a uh, hundred dollars for a pair of Adidas, uh, which is normal here, but in Vietnam, that's 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 pretty high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name brand stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, outside of the cities, though, outside of the big cities, you do have some rural villages that have, you know, twelve-year-old break dancers, and those kids right. are, are legitimately poor. Yeah. <laughs> How about in terms of the storyline that you showed this uh, developer trying to uh, kick the center out because they have to. Uh, st uh, start building there or something, and uh, and are these Chinese developers or something from? Uh, uh, what was the what was behind that? Well, you know, I, I you know, I, I try to uh, even in my last film, Owl and the Sparrow, I, I try to address modernization in Vietnam, and um, it works within the context of a dance film because kids do train out of a community center but it also works in terms of what I want to address as far as themes of a changing society in Vietnam which is that it's changing very fast and that old buildings are being uh, uh, raised for 
for new developments. And um, a lot of these con uh, companies are foreign companies from uh, Korea, from Hong Kong, uh, from Taiwan, who, uh, you know, they, they come to Vietnam and they, they buy some property, and, and it's all about modernization. Vietnam is growing very fast. So I wanted to address that in this film. But the authorities actually uh, worked it out so that they they believed in the uh, perpetuation of the center, so they were able to keep it going. Well, we don't want to give away the ending, but um, oh, yeah. uh, there is a <laughs> there is um, a possibility that um, you know you can preserve culture in Vietnam if you um, um, make a claim, if you uh, stand up for uh, Vietnamese culture, because culture is very important in Vietnam, uh, sports and culture. There, there's a, a ministry. There's many ministries. There's a ministry of, of um, information. But there's also a ministry of, of sports and culture as well. So falling within that, they have community centers to preserve uh, some of the art forms, uh, like uh, traditional dance, uh, fan dancing, umbrella dancing, things that we see prevalent in, in Vietnamese festivals. Did you have to d put in this kind of positive spin on it because it's made in Vietnam? Or was, that, was there any kind of censorship control, I guess? Well, fortunately, my... Um, my voice as a filmmaker, I guess, uh, is pretty positive. Um, so I, 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 I write for myself oh, yeah, and yeah. I write for my audience. It just so happens that my, um, my voice and my themes are positive so that it, 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 it's fine for the authorities in Vietnam because I do want to uh, paint a positive yeah, picture sure. of, of the culture. Yeah. And Yeah, sure. How about this uh, whole idea? I remember last uh, or this uh, earlier this year, the, there was a panel at the Vietnamese International Film Festival at Irvine, uh, where filmmakers, I think, including us, were you there? Uh, and uh, they were talking about making films. And one of the directors said that now it's all, uh, if it's all sponsored, then I don't have to worry about the money. If there's a, a corporation that sponsors a, you know, a beer company or whatever, a car company, so. In your film, you had uh, a corporation sponsoring the breakdancing contest. Um, was that uh, did that solve all your money problems? Uh, <laughs> no, it, it it does not solve all the money problems, but it helps uh, if you do uh, your due diligence and you um, team up your your film with a corporation that fits. Uh, so fortunately, in, in this film, we had uh, Samsung. Right. And th the interesting thing about Vietnam right now is because it is such a growing economy yeah. that um, corporations are, are, are starting to uh, get into the trend of uh, product placement and um, yeah. cross-promoting yeah. with, uh, with movies, which, you know, in America has, you know, existed, sure. I think, since uh, 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 Reese's Pieces with E.T., <laughs> <laughs> That's when it first really kicked off, uh, uh, the whole notion of, you know, a product uh, tying in with a film. You don't think it puts a crimp on your, uh, on your script or on, on your directing? Again, I was very fortunate because um, <clears throat> in the script, I had already had the girls working at a Samsung store. Oh. So when I... You didn't realize you were going to ask for a sponsorship. Then. No, yeah. I just thought, you know, because I'm addressing modernization yeah, and yeah. I'm addressing a, a rapidly changing city, uh, I had the two girls working at a uh, Samsung store uh, just because I thought that was appropriate for uh, representing, um, you know, young girls having to work to survive. Uh, so you'll see oh, promo girls on the streets. 
so that was already on the script. And then when we approached Samsung, um, they said, uh, you know, can you incorporate us into the film? I said, well, I, I already have. You know, here are the scenes. And they said, great. <laughs> so that was easy. And did you have to add the competition part? Uh, that was already No, you know, the competition was named something, in the script it was named something generic, like uh, oh, uh, Southeast uh, B-Boy competition oh, yeah. or something like that. And then it just uh, fit that we would just uh, change it yeah. to the Samsung Challenge, yeah. yeah. So you went the festival route already. Uh, what was the reception there? Uh, good. We're still doing the festivals as the film is being released. So I, I have to make uh, pit stops to uh, other cities in North America uh, uh, this coming month in October. Uh, the reception's been good. And I think what's been very interesting is that it's kind of an eye-opener for a lot of people who uh, wouldn't really know that this subculture existed. Yeah. Uh, and even for Vietnamese Americans who live in America, uh, they had no idea that you know a hip hop sub subculture had existed in Vietnam. So it's nice that it's an eye opener because that's one of the things that a, a film can do, which is uh, uh, peel away a, a layer of, of a society and go, "Wow, I didn't know that 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 existed." Did you find Vietnamese Americans here doing hip hop too? Oh yeah, for sure. I think that um, uh, uh, young Asians in general um, in the last few years have really kind of gravitated towards uh, dance and hip-hop dance in general. Uh, so you're, you'll be seeing a lot of uh, Asian crews on the American dance shows like America's Best Dance Crew and America's Got Talent. Uh, so, um, yes, there's a, a big uh, scene with not only uh, hip-hop dance within young Asian culture, but rap. Uh, and and musical artists like uh, Far East Movement, you know, who who mm -hmm. crossed over with some yeah. radio play. How does um, how did the kids there uh, learn about hip hop then? Uh, what where did they uh, discover it? Uh, in Vietnam, um, the first crews, I believe, kind of started emerging in, in in the mid 90s, but it was very very small. Uh, it only became a little bit more mainstream, uh, and it's still not mainstream, but. It's still, uh, it's rising. So, for example, in the city of Saigon now, or Ho Chi Minh City, you're going to have about uh, at least 15 dance crews. And when they have competitions, you're going to see hundreds of kids uh, attending these competitions. They started um, gravitating towards hip-hop culture through the Internet, um, through YouTube, and uh, basically um, uh, starting their passion by uh, um, emulating some of these uh, these dance routines that they've seen on the internet, but then they're going to need a leader on each crew to kind of refine what they do. Is the I thought YouTube was restricted there, no? No, YouTube is not. YouTube is definitely uh, worldwide. Uh, um, the only thing that's restricted in, in Vietnam is Facebook. Yeah. Although people get around it. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. can get around it, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. The... Uh, so did you find, uh, how long did it take you to make the film when you were there? It was a pretty fast process. Um, I tend to just jump in and, 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 and shoot it and spend a little bit more time on, on the editing process. So we came in with about um, four weeks of prep uh, to cast and find locations, uh, which is a big process because, you know, it has a, a pretty um, extensive cast and, and dancers as well. And then um, the shoot was a four-week shoot, which was a, a, a 24-day shoot. And then after that, I, I went back to, um, came, came home to California and spent five, five months in the editing room. Wow. 
And did you have to get permission to shoot there? Is that uh, did the, is as an independent film? Is that you, can you do it? Just doing it without telling anybody, or you have to get permission? Uh, yes, you definitely need permits. Um, anytime uh, you uh, uh, rent out a location, they'll ask for permits. Anytime you're shooting in the street and, and a policeman comes by. comes by, you're going to have to show a permit. So oh. there is a way to shoot guerrilla style, but uh, you're, you, the only way you can really you know, uh, get to, to be able to do that is if you only have a three-person crew. Yeah, act like a tourist or something. Right, right. But we actually had a full crew and, and professional actors, and, uh, and there was no need to not get a permit. You know? How about coming in and out of the country with all this equipment and film uh, I guess it's digital now, so it's probably easier to mm-hmm. to carry. The process is easy. Uh, the cameras were already in Vietnam. Uh, the all the gear was in Vietnam. So basically, um, uh, it was just me and a, a couple other Vietnamese American producers who who came back. And uh, when we were done, uh, because it is all digital now, we just uh, uh, go home with uh, a couple uh, drives yeah. of footage. Yeah. I know. In the old days, when you were carrying film, they would get kind of very antsy about it yeah yeah uh yeah there there are still films in vietnam that shoot in 35 millimeter but i think a lot of the people um a lot of the independent productions in vietnam have embraced uh digital because it can look like film yeah yeah definitely yeah so it was shot on uh digital and do you have to blow it up to 35 yes it was shot on uh sony uh hd high definition and um the, the cameras were small, but um, uh, exhibition in Vietnam is all 35 millimeters, so we transferred uh, and scanned it to 35 millimeter. Was that pricey? Uh? Yeah, that's a big ticket item, and uh, it's changing though. Um, it, it, it's a very expensive process to to convert to 35 millimeter, but more and more theaters now are are playing on digital. So, for example, when when Saigon Electric is released uh, October 7th. Um, uh, half of the theaters will be playing 35 millimeter, and half of the theaters will be playing um, uh, digital HD from a, from a drive. In, so the, in US. In the US, wow. yes. Uh, yes. How about in Vietnam? Are they are they using digital yet? Uh, a few. I mean, they have 3D screens in Vietnam, and and of course those project digital. Uh, but for the most part, it, most of it is still 35 millimeter because it's a it's a, a costly process to to convert. Uh, yeah the projection system. How about... Um, when you showed it over there in Vietnam, uh, what was the reception like? It was good. I, I um, was very pleased to see that audiences enjoyed it, uh, and that's all I can really hope for. Was it mostly younger audience, or was it a mix of ages? I saw a lot of teenagers in the, uh, the audiences, and some of them, they were very young, which were 12 to 13, and they came with hip-hop gear. <laughs> uh, they would come in with their parents, and their parents liked the film. Uh, so, at that point, it kind of dawned on me that I, I had made a film uh, geared towards teens that works for older folks too, because you know, they they like the storyline. Story, yeah. yeah. Did you uh, are you having a product line out of the film? Uh, what type of product? I mean, uh, people wearing clothing based on the film or anything like that. Yeah, you know, at some of our festivals, we sell T-shirts, and uh, I think we'll put that on our website as well. It's yeah. nice to, um, I think, with a, a film like this, um, uh, people like the T-shirt, so uh, we'll, we'll be having that uh, on our website. What, Saigon, what's the website? SaigonElectric.com. Oh, okay. And um, so you've been, uh, you were born here or over there? 
You're born in the US or somewhere else? I was born in Saigon. Saigon. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, I feel like it's my uh, home away from home. Right. And do you, do you speak other languages than beyond Vietnamese and English? I speak French because I have French family. Uh, so um, uh, I was very fortunate to uh, spend some time in Europe when I was a teenager. And uh, I still love French culture, but uh, in the last few years, I've been a little bit more involved with my Vietnamese roots. Yeah, definitely. Well, merci beaucoup. Uh, <laughs> enchanté. De rien, il n'y a pas de quoi. Uh, thank you, uh, Stéphane. Yeah. Uh, see you at the movies. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks.